I go weekly. I get <laughs> I get shots weekly, and on the forum online, you just have to lie. Right. That's a pro tip people don't talk about. You could get revaccinated, so you're insanely immune. It gets to the point actually where you are you are the contagion. You have become yeah. You have so much in you that you are then. You have you are COVID manifest, so mm. it's kind of a it's dangerous, but for other people, for exactly, yeah, exactly, <laughs> not for me. This guy's sick. Yeah, it couldn't be any more literal. Welcome to Footy Fellows. Welcome, welcome to Footy Fellows. Any any good team who's won something, I, I'm sure they would say, "Hey, yeah, we had a good defense." But what is what's a good defense without a good offense? Mm. You know what I mean. And if you aren't going out there and in meeting meeting the COVID head on with your own COVID, you're you're <laughs> going to be more susceptible. And I don't think I don't think we talk about that nearly enough. Which is why I brought this whole manifesto I wanted to walk you guys through. 10-page <laughs> marketing plan. It's just shaped like a pyramid. We'll get back to that later. <laughs> Written by Graham Potter. Yeah. <laughs> Graham Potter. Speaking of Graham Potter. Actually, we'll do, we'll do a, an intro. Then maybe we'll come back to Graham Potter. Who knows? Who knows if he's, if he's even any of our top stories of the year. Mm-hmm. I think we should do top stories of the year so far since folks haven't heard us for so long. Uh, we are the footy fellas and hey, yeah. Can we just, just give a quick, Hey, cause it's been a minute. You go, yeah, Jones, you go hey, first. Hey, hi. Hey, 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 what up? How you doing? Oh, what's up dog? So carne asada. Uh, carne asada. That was huge for three months in college. Big time. If our listeners remember that when we were in college. Back when we were in college. Crazy. Crazy. Well, we're still talking soccer. We're pretty much the same people, but different. If you heard the intro, we've gotten vaccinated 20 plus times each. So we're sort of built different now, but our minds work the same. You know, that's that's questionable. At this point, that is you could you could push on that. You could, but we're not budging. Because we're fifty shots deep, and we um, you got nothing on us. You we, know, we are we are so like dense now with just water weights. <laughs> yes, the solids. You cannot push us. You can't move us. We'll drip on you. But we'll talk regardless. You keep your distance, and we'll talk about footy. Yeah, we'll talk about EPL, maybe FPL. Quick rundown of top point scorers, and then probably a little World Cup because that's coming up now, right around the corner. Cool. And we've seen the U.S. not get us excited, so we got to talk about that. But let's start. Let's start EPL. What's we could talk about today's games? Liverpool, probably the most exciting game. Jones and I didn't see any of it because of our own game. Did you watch any of it, Ice? I did. Yes, I watched the first half, then did some errands, um, and then came back and was got disappointed. Um, so it was just a great uh, roller coaster of a game. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it. I mean, the defense is uh, pretty lackluster. I just don't know what's going on here. What, may, what I thought about today, honestly, was, and I was just so confused why Diogo Jota didn't start, but I guess Klopp is really swapping him and Firmino as like the 
you know, they play in the same position. I don't really understand. Um, why did Carvalho start? He didn't do anything. Um, our forward attack, man, I was wondering if Sadio Mane was just so good at this. And I, I think he was pretty good at winning tackles in that kind of final th- attacking third, um, like nicking the ball, turning, causing turnovers. And I think he was really good. I haven't looked at the stats, but I think he was, you know, one of the better players in probably the league at doing that uh, because we can't do that now. We, you know, Salah will kind of pressure, but Brighton did a really good job of just playing out of it. And once the ball was, you know, ahead of those six guys now, um, our defense looked like they're on the back foot. Um, and Jota does a good job at getting his foot in between passing lanes. And so when he was in there, he was deflecting balls and turning it over. And we had we had kind of that counterattack already in their half, um, well into their half. So um, I think we need more of that. Uh, but I will say Brighton's really good. I think the top four is a legit top four. And I, I like the way the standings have played out. I think Brighton is a very quality team with or without Potter. Ooh, I like that take. Brighton top the, the top four right now, which are Arsenal, City, Tottenham, Brighton. You think is legit, and that includes Brighton, who have started off hot, but are, don't traditionally finish that high. What do you, what do you think about that, Jones? I was thinking watching the game, so I caught a, a chunk of that first half just so I could troll my my Liverpool friends. But there was uh, I, I kind of had this feeling after Trossard scored his second goal that I, I didn't really believe it. The second they scored the second, I was like, okay, great. This is going to be a good 3-2 game. Liverpool fans will you know, feel good by the end of it. Yes, Brighton pulled that out at the end. But I, I kind of thought, okay, this is this is one of those... You know how when a, when a cadet, like a body, someone's been killed and the body's just like there on the table and it might have like a phantom like jerk or something just because yes, of the... Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like after you've killed a person, you know what I mean? And like they're just lying there and it, you intentionally did it. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? And anyway, so, and they're lying there, but they have like a jerk, like there'll be like a phantom little thing. That's what I kind of thought that was like Brighton's like, they look alive. They seem like they really have it. Yes. Like they know the system. They have a coach who apparently has a very familiar and similar system. So, you know, they could stay afloat, but I, I don't buy it. I just don't buy it. I think what we really saw was a Brighton team that clearly is on track and doing their thing. Um, playing a Liverpool team that just hasn't really found their stride. Uh, You know, I think there's a lot of questions about Liverpool's defense. There's a lot of questions about Trent, but that's, you know, low hanging fruit. I think it's kind of (laughs) a question of, of, you know, how important was Mane maybe, or, you know, how much depth does this Liverpool team really have? All in all, it's going to be now. I think it's an exciting season for folk who aren't Liverpool fans to actually watch Liverpool try and really actually build themselves into the top into the top four versus what's been for the past four years where they just they get it by divine right a top two spot just because of how good they've been so it'll be interesting to see you guys try this season <laughs> brighton brighton's legit the couple they've obviously were the xg darlings from last year or two years ago or both where they should have finished five six slots higher and they finished in 12 or 14th and they should have been eighth because of how many good chances they got, but their pieces in the midfield of Trissard and Gross. I picked up Gross in fantasy early on, and I've not been 
uh, not been disappointed, especially based on Icy's models that he put together on our fantasy Premier League, where Gross has, I think, propelled me into the top top pickups in the league just because I got him week two, and he has been doing great since. Um, McAllister, Caicedo, I, I forget if it was March or someone else, they brought in a very solid center midfielder or center defensive midfielder last year, and I was just looking for their name to see if I recognize it, and I'm not sure who. Is it not Caicedo? It, maybe maybe it was this Moses Moises Caicedo. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So maybe it was him who's just like this workhorse. People were comparing him to Conte. I haven't watched Brighton a ton this year, honestly, but um, it seems like they have enough solid pieces up the spine. And then if Danny Welbeck has a revitalized year and can put in 10, 12 goals, they will finish. I give them top six. I think they will finish in sixth if they kind of keep playing as they've been playing while some other teams that have been struggling figure it out. I don't think they can finish top four, but if Welbeck can keep scoring or those midfielders can put in a goal or two here and their defense continues to be solid, I could see them finishing top six for sure. The real question is Sans Grand Potter. Are they a different team? Right. Are they are they legitimately a different different makeup, different planning, different play style? Is the end of the day, we will find out is is Potter a fraud? That's what we're about to find out. <laughs> or is he a frog? Or is he a frog? Mm. Got to kiss the season. End of the season. Let's tune find in out. and see. Let's make a <laughs> make a. We'll make a poll. We'll figure out. We could pitch that to a major network. Fraud or frog? Yep. And like oh ninety nine point nine percent of the time, repeating they're a fraud and not a frog. But then people keep tuning in because you never know when you're going to just see someone ribbit. And seeing someone rib it live on TV would be, it'd be like a story <laughs> of our generation. I can't think of any good puns. I can't think of any <laughs> good people who would fit in. Kevin Prince Boateng. He turned someone else. I don't know. I was going for like a Prince and the Frog. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. But I forget how that even works. That's so. one. We're gonna, we'll, yeah. we'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll come back to that. <laughs> um, but he's got work to do with Chelsea. Because they've also, it's been a weird, we don't have to go through every team. This is our first time chatting in a while. But um just looking at the standings, it's been a weird year for some of the top teams. Arsenal, on the flip side, have been so good. Man City have kind of been themselves and have a game in hand, so everyone still thinks they'll win the league for the most part, at least what I've heard. Tottenham's been strong, and then Chelsea and Man United are still 5-6, and six, even though it feels like they've struggled this year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby! <laughs> uh, big game tomorrow. We're, we're kind of uh, the other thing we do on this on this pod is our microphone turns into I don't know if I see you can see this through the camera. Our microphone turns into a magic, a magic eight ball of sorts. And mm. I'll shake it. I'll shake it. And it'll tell me the next game's result. So United plays City in the Derby tomorrow. Uh, magic eight ball, Mike. Um, is it going to go well for United? Do we have to sing the chant you usually sing that I hear you in the other room? Do you do you mind if we all do that? Yeah, we can do it. You ready, Ice? Ice, you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Magic eight ball, magic eight ball. Tell me what the result will be. Ice, you're a little off pitch. A little off pitch. Uh, uh, nope. It's a microphone. Nope, it's not working. Oh, my bad. Yeah. I need to be on the shrooms. I forgot that. That's the <laughs> the other side of this. I, that's the other. I, I get a I get a shot. I get a little Moderna on the left, and then shroom and Trader Joe's mushrooms for everyone listening. Yep. Trader. Oh yeah. The other sorry. shoulder. Yes. Exactly. Yep. 
Uh, is there anything surprising to you, Ice, about the top six at this point are pretty much on par with just what we'd expect? We got Arsenal, City, Tottenham, Brighton, Chelsea, Man United for everyone listening. Newcastle and seven. It looks pretty good. Like I said, Brighton Brighton looks strong uh, in my mind. Maybe the outlier of those six uh, taking, taking the spot of my good old team, Liverpool. Um, but yeah, Newcastle's a good shout in seventh. They have tons of money, which always gets talked about. Um, and they... They look legit, and they're not. They're going to put up a fight for sure. Uh, and I, I can see Brighton, Newcastle, sort of duking it out, possibly for that top six uh, entry point. Are we going to? Are we going to acknowledge Fulham at eight? We are eight games into the season, and Fulham is top ten. Mitrovic is playing out of his mind, out of his literal mind hole. I agree. I mean, he scored how many headers? Five and one with his foot. I mean, he just that that formula will not survive in a full season of the prem they just have to they have to get to what 30 30 or something 32 yeah basically if you crack if you crack 30 you're golden because because it used to be back in the day like if you cracked 34 i think it was like the magic number but because the league has become so maybe we talked about this but because this league has become so polarized where you have your cities and used to be Liverpools who would run away with it. That also meant that some teams just got absolutely smoked and the threshold I mean, to stay alive has, has dropped a little bit. So it could just be that 30. I mean, what was it? COVID season or the season after did Norwich have 20? Did they even break 20 when Norwich did really poorly? Yeah. 22. But yeah, that's, that's basically what you're, what you're kind of looking at. Yeah, hit thirty, and you're probably sitting pretty. It's true. For the last last couple of years, as I'm scrolling through past season results, hit thirty, and you're sitting pretty, like Icy says. How would you feel as a Fulham manager? You hit thirty in where are we eight games in. Let's say I don't know. Oh, the whole season's getting messed up because of the World Cup, which is something I want to talk about as well. But I was going to say, what do you do if you're a Fulham manager and you hit thirty pretty early? like maybe before game 20, are you just feeling good riding it out? Or are you maybe not riding it out, obviously, but are you, um, yeah, how does that change the season? As a you check out, just... you check out, you're done. <laughs> that would be great. Pizza parties every day, every fucking drinking day. in the locker room. They couldn't care less. Yeah. We made it. Striving for 17th. I, um, I I do think uh, you know the they they start to you start to think a little bit about the next season and and probably how do they prep the team to get there and, and manage bodies and stuff yeah um, but yeah yeah it's gonna be really interesting with the with the World Cup coming up how people are gonna prep for that too we can we can get to that we'll talk World Cup itself and we'll talk what it means to the Prem season let's do a quick roundup of each of our favorite storylines from the Premier League so far it could be about a player, could be about a team, could be about a not a, a transfer. You know, it could be anything. I'll start because I thought quickly about this before we before we started recording. But think think of yours favorite storyline from the 2022 Prem season so far. Mine is Brendan Aronson with Leeds. The fact that he's been decent, I'll say, solid. And I actually don't, I could have pulled up his stats from the season, but he's had a big assist here, a big goal there. So I know he at least has one goal, one assist, probably slightly more than that. Um, But just reflecting on that quickly felt like a good representation of where 
American soccer and, and U.S. players playing abroad is at, where people still don't expect Americans to be great. So the fact that he's been good on a Leeds team that was good the first couple of weeks was super thrilling and everyone going crazy and Leeds getting their games bumped to the main broadcast and, and the whole team going huge. And then Aronson kind of being the face of all the U.S. broadcasts and media and PR for Leeds. And at the same time, it's not like he's a top 10 player in the world. It's not like he's a top 100 player in the world. He's just putting up some decent stats and showing that, yes, U.S. players can, the most elite, the top best U.S. players can play abroad and they can play well, even for a Prem team. So I thought that I felt that that was just a good kind of reflection of where U.S. soccer is at. Yes, it's quite literally getting better. More players playing abroad. No one's denying that. And also people still don't expect much. So when one player plays well and fits in and shows they can fit and put up a couple goals, a couple of assists... Everyone's super excited. I don't know what both of you think about that. I think we both agree. That's a great shout. Uh, real quick, would is Brendan Aronson the first jersey we would get? For me, I think it is. If I was going to get a Prem jersey because I don't feel that affiliated to, to Chelsea, which has been my team in the past, I think I'd get an Aronson Leeds jersey. It's a good question, though. Who else is even on the short list for you? Uh, Aside from Man U... Because right. of Man U. Fair. Aside from United, it probably, you know, goes American. On the spot, Tyler Adams would be cool. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, who really gets a defensive mid jersey, but, you know, could happen. Uh, and then goalies, probably just all all 20 goalies. Long sleeve with the uh, padding. The ult- with the padding in case you <laughs> fall down while you're skateboarding around Chicago. Yeah, yeah. You know, never happen. You never know. Icy, do you have a, a, a storyline? Um, just, it's not really original and it's not really a great storyline. It's more of a sad one and one that, uh, just is the good fortune, I guess we can say of city, uh, Erling Holland is absolutely demolishing the premier league. Um, uh, he's got guys, he have 12 goals already. I don't even know how many goals he has. He has two hat tricks, which is insane for the few games that we've played so far uh, this season. Um, he's, he's just crushing it. And I think if he stays with city for five, six, seven, you know, all a bunch of seasons, he will break Aguero's records. He will become the best, um, number nine that that club has ever had and sort of push Aguero to a, just a, a slightly smaller statue, <laughs> uh, statute than I don't even know what I'm saying, but he'll be, he'll be better than Aguero. Um, he's been great and it's unfortunate because it's city and the players that city has are always very good. Gabriel Jesus, Sinchenko, they're crushing it. It's a great shout. Great shout. If he wins, if they win the champions league, I guess that's too far of a stretch. If they win the champions league once and three premier league titles in the next five, six years, and he keeps scoring at this rate, is he already the best City player ever? It's kind of an ignorant question. I don't know their past enough, but just winning the Champions League because they've struggled so much, that kind of put him top five immediately. Yeah. I mean, if, if he does something in it. It is a pretty ignorant question, bro. <laughs> Sorry. <it's> a, <laughs> I didn't want to say that. It was pretty ignorant. It's a bit ignorant, isn't it? Isn't it? That was pretty isn't ignorant of you. Uh, yeah. 
I was going to say, I was going to say that too. I was going to say the, the Holland or, you know, Nunez, you know, who's better kind of debate that, that kind of kicked off things and Nunez has cooled off a little bit. Um, I, I mean, again, low hanging fruit here, but I, I think Arsenal coming into the season, you knew that knew that they had a lot of good potential. They had a good team, a good system. Um, and they're, they're proving it out. Um, there's clearly, I think they've only had one loss. So that probably that one team is what everyone should build their game plan around and understand how, how it was at all possible that they could lose a game this season to any team. Um, that team was United. Uh, otherwise I, I do think, I do think Arsenal, it's, it's great to have Arsenal back in the mix. Uh, they were before our real entry to the league. They were a strong contender, uh, at least until maybe 2012 or so, 2011. They regularly battled for top four, if not top two. Uh, and they are the only team to have gone invincible in a year or in a calendar season. Um, so, you know, it's great to have them in, in the league. It's great to have a new uh, non-Middle Eastern sovereign nation that is pushing for the title. Uh, and hopefully that they, they can keep the momentum, not only this season, but but into forthcoming seasons. They have a pretty young team, which is encouraging. Um, but I do think ultimately they don't necessarily have the depth to continue to make this push. Um, and were they to, though end top two this year, top three, get in Champions League, get a good head of steam ahead of themselves. I think they can attract a, you know even better players and and then make that push for for the top top seat. But who knows? Things are early. We'll see. They're feeling like it's the glory days. I saw the image of Jesus celebrating after his goal today, and apparently he did the Henri celebration. Who was in the crowd? At was it at the Emirates? I forget if it was home, but did the Henri celebration yeah. and they yeah yeah so if they're hey they're feeling they're not invincible this year but they're feeling just as good because of how rough the last eight years have been ten years. One other nomination for story of the season slash question for you guys: What the heck's going on with Leicester? What the heck is going on with Leicester? <laughs> they are hot what? garbage. Is it they? Like, there was something with the transfer budget and Brendan Rodgers saying, you know, not willing to give anyone up. Did they? Could they bring anyone in? Like, what is there anything we can point to? They're struggling so hard. They're in twentieth. They have one point, one draw in seven games. And I was just flipping through the last couple of years. They haven't finished lower than ninth in the last five years. And then the year before that, they won the league or two before that. People, people they, don't talk about this enough, and it's a conspiracy and probably true. But I do think there's something to to be said about like voodoo magic, <laughs> and I know where you guys think I'm going with this. Um, you know the the old the owner chairman. Uh, I imagine made a deal, and that deal allowed them to make it into the prem. Mm. Uh, and then after a season or two of almost going down, they suddenly win the title against, you know, some crazy odds against good teams, very good teams, very wealthy teams. Um, I don't want to be that guy, but like magic. And then what happens? Retribution. Mm. Whoever they made this deal with, takes his life and now they're on the verge of crumbling down 
because they made their deal. They they made their shot for glory, and here and here they are. Again, I'm not saying this is fact. I'm just saying it's trending that yeah. way. Yeah. Do do your research, people. But Max knows what he's talking about, and if if you're listening to this podcast, if you're one of the couple thousand people that listen. You trust us, and there's a reason you trust we're us, doctors. and it's because we're doctors. We're medical doctors, and one of us is an electrical engineer. Yep, yep. We're not going to tell you which one's the engineer, though. We're not going to that. You'll have to find out on your own. <laughs> and one of us is also an audio engineer. Yep. But hopefully, you could tell that already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Am I right? <laughs> Sorry, there's the mic. All right, Ice, pop off on World Cup timing this year. Yeah, just throwing a wrench in everything. I was talking to my Arsenal buddy after a good result for them uh, in the in the London Derby, beating Tottenham three one. That you know they're looking really good, and I could see it being derailed by World Cup coming in. They've got great players who will be playing for their national clubs um, and competing in the World Cup, probably late stages of the World Cup. Um, same with you know the other big teams, but. Arsenal hasn't been here in a long time. Uh, been at the top, been been really vying for a title in the Prem. Uh, could it could it mentally throw them off? I think it, you know they got great rhythm right now. They've got really good, um, you know, the good flow, and the World Cup will completely disrupt that. Um, so every team has to balance with it. It's going to be a dare I say shit show for a lot of these domestic leagues. Um, and I could see it being a, a huge disruptor. So, uh, you know, I don't wish I don't wish bad things on Arsenal necessarily. I wish good things for Liverpool. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I just give all my Arsenal fans a, a word of caution. It's tough. It's tough timing. There's already so many events in the football calendar. And everyone gets excited about the World Cup. So no one's going to – people can be frustrated about it. They can be very frustrated about the reason it's now because of Qatar, because of the seasons and how that that choice was made on where it's held. That's obviously an entire conversation that I feel more informed now because of the book that you gave me, Jones, on the the uh, rise and fall of FIFA. The oh, the Bible. You didn't read the Bible? No. Nah. Okay. I read the Bible on the Leicester stuff, but not on the right. yeah, not on the World Cup right. stuff. Good. So two Good. two separate readings there. That was a. Uh, that was Matthew 14, 12, I think. Yep. 14 through 12. Christopher Columbus, 14, 12. Oh, okay. 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 Hey, kind of like, like the Torah. Keep going. Anyways, <laughs> right to left. Yeah. That, that'd be a great ad lib in a rap song. A great verse would be like, blah, blah, something like the Torah, right to left. Nice. I don't, I don't know what it rhymes with or why it goes right. so hard, but right. Right. It, would just, it would just show someone's knowledge and cultural awareness. Right. You know, maybe there's like a Jewish football player mm. and they're making a rap about how they moved and and like juking the competition. Oh, right to left. Call, like like a Torah. Yeah. Torah like can rhyme with a lot of things. Yeah. Torah is great. That's a great sound. That's a but that's the perfect analogy. It's yep. like the Jewish Bo Jackson right to left or like yep. the Jewish Barry Sanders. Yeah. Got me moving right to left. Jewish Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Right to left, you know, <laughs> Jewish Obama. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, the right to bear arms. There we go. So, <laughs> talking about this world, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> I agree with you guys. 
it's it's going to be distracting and hopefully there aren't any injuries but if there's a major injury in the world cup that could totally change uh premier league's team i disagree with ic for the record Keep do going. it do it that's all oh I no i don't i have no i just disagree i don't i didn't hear <laughs> what he said i just disagree with him i just need him to know that it will be hype though uh we will be together my fingers crossed no snowstorms here in the Midwest, but uh, for the beginning of the World Cup, which got changed to November 20th. Uh, I saw that they did a little edit and Qatar wanted to play a day early for some reason. So Qatar <laughs> versus Ecuador. What a matchup. What <laughs> what a matchup. <laughs> We're gonna, we'll get to that. We're going to spend the last 20 minutes of the pod breaking down Qatar versus Ecuador. Great. <laughs> and you can kind of lead that analysis, I see. Now we're super excited. If you hopefully that trip works out and you're here, and we can watch the World Cup together. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, for some of us. <laughs> <laughs> the games are going to be early. Jones is Jones is getting my hopes up that the games would be at decent times. Uh, some at four a.m., seven a.m., ten a.m., one p.m. So uh, those four a.m.s I'll have to be dragging Jones out of bed for. <laughs> oh, when you asked me about the times, I thought you were talking Qatari time because that's oh, why I was bad. giving you. I was like, they're all prime time. They're great. They're great. They're perfect time. I didn't realize you wanted it central. That's I didn't convert it. That's my bad. Now we're on the same page. Did either of you watch the U.S. play Japan or Saudi Arabia? They're friendlies. I saw. I thought like a couple highlights, but no, not the full game. Likewise, just yeah. highlights. We're kind of on the same page. I watched thirty to forty minutes of Japan and like. 20 to 30 minutes of Saudi Arabia. So I saw a little bit, but as you can tell from the highlights and the analysis, we've probably all seen on Twitter and elsewhere. Not inspiring. No, not inspiring. It's kind of a bummer. It's a, it's a little bit of a reality check before the world cup because everyone was flying so high after the qualification and just on paper, the team and the names and where they're playing sounds so exciting. And then you realize they have to go out and win games against England now versus Honduras and do something against Wales versus as opposed to like Panama. A couple of tweets that I've seen uh, being resurfaced are essentially people just uh, accentuating Burhalter's resume saying this dude as a reminder, like did fine in Sweden, not even. And then that rhymes and then went to, you know, and then came to the MLS and, you know, coached to some middling teams, some like decent teams and, and then, and then was hired for the U S job. Oh, asterisk his like brother-in-law or whatever, or brother, someone like is, was the guy who hired him. And it's, I don't know. It's one of those things where you can, that when the team's bad and you say that it's like, okay, yeah, clearly. But like, if they were doing well, which they did in order to qualify, like we didn't really care about that. But now it's it is it's a little it's a little questionable. It it does feel like if this team if this U.S. team squeaks out of the group, Berhalter's gone. Like I don't know. Maybe the, maybe that's a maybe that's a bold claim. I'm eager to hear your thoughts. Squeak out and don't win another game. Uh, yes, Agreed. they don't they don't go Agreed. anything after that. Yeah, I think if they make it to the round of it's the round of eight, you you get out of the group and there's 16 teams left. 16. Yep. Yeah, so if they make it out of the group and win a game, even if the game after goes poorly in the round of eight, he probably keeps the job. Yeah. Unless stuff goes poorly after that in separate tournaments. But I agree with you. If they don't make it out of the group, obviously he's gone. If they do, don't look great, and then lose their first game, he's probably gone. 
they should have so much potential for the next World Cup four years from now that he's 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 on thin ice. I'm sure he knows it. Like it's kind of obvious that this is this is it. Like this is the tournament. You need to get a res- you need to get results. Otherwise, yeah. you're that's what are, what else are you yeah. doing? That's your job. There's a nice there's a nice matchup now between Southgate and uh, Burhalter. Mm-hmm. Who's really going to get axed? It feels like Southgate, regardless. Like unless England actually win the whole fucking thing. Uh, sorry, my bad. Motherfucker. No, I'm kidding. Uh, is <laughs> is. <laughs> that was pretty good. I meant to. I meant to double. I meant to double down on that swear. Is um, it, it feels like he because he's been he's already coached him through a World Cup. He's coached him through Euros or two, just one probably. Just one. So he 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 definitely seems like that. It's it's going to be a great the the match for U.S. England is going to have all the storylines wrapped up in it. In it. In it. Wrapped up in it. Oh, fire! Okay, so USA Wales. Uh, we can watch. Oh, this is freaking Qatar time. <laughs> I think it's it one p.m. At a, it might be at a decent time for us. I think it's one p.m. our time afternoon. Tw- I think you're right on the twenty first. Uh, all the all the U.S. games, I, they must with this schedule try their best to schedule the games when it's sort of the home time, or maybe they don't care at all. But all the U.S. games are at a normal time here. Nice. Um, so they play on the 21st and then the 25th. Okay. 25th. 25th is the big England matchup. Yeah. Uh, just my two cents on on everything with the national team. I, I hope and I think that the Japan and Saudi Arabia lackluster performances are merely the players not being in the zone. They've got, they're really focused on their domestic leagues and they're kind of treating these as, you know, oh, we're playing like, I don't, you know, it's a friendly. I don't know. I don't know how to compare it to like our soccer careers in the day. Like this is the alumni game. <laughs> I don't know. It kind of has that feel of like, oh, we're doing this because we're supposed to and we're being told to. And it's kind of fun. We like soccer and we'll just go through the motions. I know it's not a great mindset to have for a huge the tournament in soccer, uh, the World Cup. But they have a lot of other responsibilities. And they don't want to get injured because like Pulisic, for instance, is trying to get some tick. He's getting no tick on Chelsea now. Uh, maybe he'll get a little bit more on Potter. Hey, he had the winning assist today, but um, he should get, he needs to go. I want him, I want to see him play like Aronson who gets freaking eight, 90 minutes a game. He should be getting a lot to tick like that too. Uh, I just want to see USA players play domestically. And so I'm hoping when the Welsh game comes up, they're going to be hyped. Like just in the locker room is going to be hyped and, and they're just going to be focused and ready to go. So I think the team will will, will pull it back and actually perform as we expect, uh, or at least the players will play up to, to the level that we hope. I agree. It's something that we hadn't, maybe you were about to talk about. You were talking about the players who were playing? Yeah, I was going to talk about the lineups, but what, what, what's your impression well, I gonna, here? I was going to say, I was going to say just that. Um, Yunus Musa, I think is, yeah, exactly, we're going to go on the same page. Yeah. Musa. Yeah. I, I had that argument with, one of my home friends, who's a, a dear listener, Blatman, who's been on the pod a couple times. It wasn't even an argument, but that was my one rebuttal to saying the U.S. looked horrible and we should really lower our expectations and Berhalter sucks, is Musa has been so good for them. He's been really underrated just because you don't hear his name as one of the, the McKinney, Adams, Pulisic, uh, Reyna, four, top four pretty much. But he was so good for them in a lot of those qualifying games that it seems like his absence is it matters. It does. He's a press resistant, you know, very just effective box to box midfielder. 
you know, who started playing as a winger. He's got the, he's got the legs to beat guys and also stop them. He's an all around guy that, you know, is just a huge miss to, to not be, uh, not be playing. Um, and then, and then, you know, the team, the team just isn't, I don't think these games are fair to fully judge it. I think it's, I think a good takeaway, the Saudi Arabia game, I kind of throw out that just seemed like a snooze fest. The Japan game though, did reveal when Japan presses or when any team presses the U.S. because apparently that's what they were doing. Uh, we were not able to play out of that well enough, and uh, and if that's if that's a like at least we're learning we're we're really soaking that in now and we'll have hopefully some strategy to counteract that um, come game time. The one tactical thing that does worry me with that with other teams watching that game and probably having the bodies to to do that or the willingness to do that in the world cup is that Zimmerman and whoever else plays in the center back, whether it's Aaron long, uh, I'm trying to think who else has played back there. Uh, there's another MLS guy. We don't have center backs that are great at playing out of the back. And that's, it seems like that's how Burhalter has tried to approach breaking down the press. And that's why it hasn't been as effective. Hasn't been as successful is because like we don't have the defenders to break out. We have some talented attackers. We have some guys that can do stuff. The, the zero shots on goal against Japan would beg to differ, but just we got comprehensively outplayed. And I don't think we have the super talented European center backs that are playing on a team like City who need to do that all the time. There is there's Chris Richards waiting in the wings who is, I think, hurt recently. But even then, I don't think he's really proven that he is far and away our starting center back yeah also who do we start at left back um anthony robinson anthony anthony's been playing and like das is gonna probably start on the other side but we'll see we'll see i'm excited i'm still very excited to watch the u.s going into every game i'm gonna feel like we have a chance england might be tougher but especially the other two games i'm gonna go on thinking we could we could win three points ideally look ideally trent starts for england somehow a couple injuries to (laughs) Walker and Trippier and Reese and <laughs> I don't know the three or four other right backs in front of him and then Trent starts and maybe US has a chance. When does Klopp just say, you know, <laughs> Trent, you know, you know, Trent, you're just gonna be a midfielder um, and just stop coming back? Because he okay, because the fact of the matter is, Jones, he's a huge threat on the attack. He's a huge liability on the defense. But I mean, you can't you can't deny these balls he's whipping in there are just pure fire. <laughs> now, do people score them? Most of the time, but uh, you know, just don't come back on defense. We got it, and we'll take care of it. Well, we should do a more comprehensive World Cup preview since we'll be together for the World Cup. We'll we'll find some time to just like sit down for forty five minutes and look at the groups and predict what we think is going to happen because that'd be fun to look back on. As we're rounding this out, quick MLS update. Playoffs start, I think, two games from now, it looks like. And Chicago is out of it. No. Not, not a, yeah. What? Sorry, sorry about that, <laughs> what? man. I know. I knew you were going to freak out. I should have told you before you we started. Chicago's out of it. However, Minnesota is right on the edge. I don't know how closely you followed your, your loons, I see, but they're in seventh in that last playoff position. Most teams have played 32 games, so they have two games left. But um, Real Salt Lake and Colorado and the Sounders, who are out of playoff contention, are right on their tail. Yeah, they um, 
really are shooting themselves in the foot here. We had a good stretch of like five wins in a row. Now we've been on a terrible stretch of five losses in a row. But basically, we haven't won a game in a long time. And uh, hey, look, we play the worst team, the last team in the standings tonight at 9 p.m. We got to win. <laughs> uh, it's do or die at this point. Got to beat San Jose. This is, this is the big San Jose game. People are marking down on their calendars at the start of the year. <laughs> uh, something I want to throw in the mix, guys. I've watched a couple. I don't know why this keeps happening, but I've been I've watched a couple. There's probably a very simple fact. Houston or San Jose games recently. And I'm just about those teams. I'm about them. Like they're not good, but I'm about them. <laughs> It's been exciting. Whenever I, they're always on ESPN now, and so looking for late night sports on an off night for football, baseball, something else. You always got MLS, and it's entertaining every time I watch. It's entertaining, and I'm excited to watch the playoffs. I will try to tune into some playoff games, even though I haven't caught most of the regular season. Definitely, LAFC look like the team to beat based on points and all of the chatter so far this year. So we'll see. We got our boys Nashville in there and fourth in the Western Conference. Austin, surprise season after crushing it last year. Should we finish with a, a quick smidge of F1? I see. How are you? Uh, how are you feeling last? You know, I, I think it's eight victories in a row for Verstappen. <laughs> something something really dominant. What? How are you feeling about the F1 season? Uh, it's wrapped up. Just give it. Give it to Max already. It's just he wrapped it up with a bow on top. Um, he's been crushing it. Uh, as I've said throughout the season, Ferrari has also just botched it. Don't know what they are doing strategy-wise and just communication has been the problem <laughs> the whole season. Um, Leclerc is fast. Signs is, is fast. It's also getting them to cooperate and get a, get on the same strategy. Of, All right, you know, Leclerc has a better shot at winning this. We should help him out. Um. I think they'll be better next year. This season's wrapped up. The Constructors is wrapped up too. Red Bull will win that as well. Um, I think actually if Max wins tomorrow, which will he will have his work cut out for him coming in seventh, starting in seventh. Um, if he wins, I think he officially wraps up the F1 seasons for himself. The championship. Wow. That's, yeah. It's super it's early. He just yeah. keeps winning. There's, it's such a weird phenomenon that Ferrari keep finishing – first in qualifying and then never win races it's just Unreal. weird yeah yeah uh tomorrow though is going to be interesting i know you and eli and i we um you know love the long tracks i mean this this lap is going to be about two minutes long so we're not even going to have a lot of laps um i would assume maybe 40 ish 45 um uh and you know it, it's very tight it's a street course so the the turn there are a lot of a lot of corners and they're pretty tight. So where's where's Max going to get the uh, get the leverage? We'll we'll have to see. I can see some crashes for sure. I think I think there will be uh, some some cautions, some red flags maybe. Hope everyone's okay. But yeah, throw out some predictions like how many cautions, how many red flags, who's winning? You know, I see. Uh, uh, at least two crashes, one red flag, and um, partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> uh, I can see Leclerc potentially crashing as well, which would be a bummer. But uh, wow, he's calling it. 
It's jinxing him. And then Max wins and takes home the trophy. <laughs> ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. You get chime in on this, Jones. Yep. I'm it ready. feels like popularity continues to grow for right. F1. Yep. I hear more people talking about it. I hear that if I were you guys, they started uh, HeadGum, now started their own F1 podcast okay. with some of those same people. It's working its way into the mainstream. The show helps, obviously, Drive to Survive, super popular. More just word of mouth, friends talking, watching together. The early race times on a Sunday morning, not super communal. We're not in a bar watching a lot of these races in Asia that are happening at 7 a.m., 8 a.m. Like There'd be more hype around it if it was a group watch party thing, but the timing makes it tough. Um, But it does feel like it's growing. And now there's two circuits in the U.S. next year. I think Vegas and Miami, or Miami was this year for the first time. There's two new circuits. Curious if you both feel that that growth, even as someone that's not super glued in. Uh, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know as um, I'm not glued in because hmm. as you guys know, I'm very well read on F1. And if anything introduced it, if you guys don't remember, I introduced it to you. I said, hey, little babies, you might learn a thing or two if you watch this show. And uh, and so I'm not surprised by any of that. Uh, is it growing? Yeah, but it's a lot of like soft fans. I don't think these people are gearheads like us, right? I don't mm. think a lot of these guys have oil leaking out of their ears because <laughs> you are in you like we we collectively all live in the garage day mm. in day out. We spit out bolts. We we change tires for fun because we care. Um, the thing that the thing the one thing that just frustrates me is that everyone pronounces his name wrong it's leclerc leclerc mm. and once we get that settled then i think america can actually become a reputable f1 haven in that other city that little city you were trying to figure out it's naperville so it, they're hosting it in uh, <laughs> las vegas and naperville illinois so the biggest thing that comes to naperville that's my stance uh yeah i know it's been fun i've been listening to that f1 podcast the new one from the headgum sorry i did you not hear any i feel like <laughs> do you want to no- respond <laughs> do you want to make a public comment in response to this gearhead knuckleball oil dripping boy next to me <laughs> yeah dude cover up that oil leak dude you gotta about that. <laughs> i loved so much of that was is probably real lingo like we live in the garage we like <laughs> the nuts and bolts like putting together the nuts and bolts and kind of changing tires on this shit like yeah. keeps me up at night yeah dude. you know yeah anyways you were saying no it's, it's interesting listening to um i listen to the wtf one guys who are more legit less laughs on that uh, podcast but the headgum people are much more uh laugh a uh, lot, lot more laughs uh chopped up in their discussions um, but good to get a little mix of both. Um, the big talk is that they keep expanding the season. One race every year, they keep like adding on. And they, some of those podcasts have been saying, you know, when's the tipping point? When are these teams going to be like, we need to spend time with our families. We need to just stop expanding this sport. You know, I want to have a life maybe outside of F1 or. And it's, it's, it's really, um, there's a lot too. It's three days, right? You got Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So it's, um, you know, 20, 20 races or whatever we're at now times, you know, I, I mean, okay. 60 days. It's like, all right, calm down. You can, you know, you can give yourself some, uh, you know, some leeway with 60 days, but those are days where you're really grinding. Like you could die <laughs> in the car basically. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's tough. And then the whole environmental aspect is like, yeah, yeah, there's a, there's some iffy stuff there too, but that's my love hate relationship with F one. 
Interesting. Both good points. Jones made it clear for us, never enough races. Never enough. Every We want one every weekend of the year and then throw in a Tuesday. Yep. You know? And um, <clears throat> genuinely, once they start getting e-cars in there, then then I think I'll... Uh, if anything, I think I think it's gotten a little soft. And until they get e-cars in... That'll happen. That'll for sure happen in 20 years. 20 years? Yeah. Over under? They've got the e, the e pre or whatever they call it. The Yeah, they do have um, Grand Prix with electric cars. But like WTF1 said in their podcast very well, uh, it's not the race itself. It's not the racing itself that is super detrimental to the environment. It's the way these teams travel. It's private jets everywhere. And it's also the layout of the whole season. I don't know the exact uh, details of it, but it's like, you know, why be in, let's just say, the Middle East and then go to Miami just to have a, another race in Europe, which is, you know, the the whole layout of the season is pretty inefficient. A lot of private jet flying. We've got notes. We've got notes for the league, but for now, we'll remain fans and... We hope you've remained fans or maybe you thought of us once or twice and you're like, ah, my, my week would have been a little more pleasant if I heard the fellas this week. Um, so, hey, as the saying goes, we can't promise anything, but keep thinking of us. Keep thinking. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Everybody is on shots, 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 shots.